I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you are new here, you will find all things fun, hippie, woo-woo, and metaphysical, plus happiness. I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you tuning into the show every week, and I try to bring you the most fabulous guests imaginable. If you are craving more happiness after listening to this podcast, check out BUFindHappy.com, where you'll find all sorts of tangible tools, tips, tricks, and resources to incorporate more happiness in your life. Learn to speak your truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. And remember, if you like this podcast, please click subscribe. Chris, welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. You've got your own amazing podcast. And I'm super stoked to have you on today because this kind of all worked out. We were able to, um, you know, make it happen last minute. And I'm just really excited to talk about some of the brilliant stuff that you've got going on um, in in your mind and, and via your Instagram and all that good stuff. Can you share a little bit with the listeners, like how you kind of, um, you know, got to where you are today doing what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. How are you? Uh, and thank you <laughs> so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Um, yes, I'd be happy to. So I am 36 years old at the moment, born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I more or less, all I knew growing up is that I wanted to create things and I wanted to um, just get to a place where I knew I didn't have to work, um, I guess, at a desk job, maybe. <laughs> An eight, <laughs> to whole, four, eight to four, eight to five. Yeah, eight to four, eight to five type situation. And hold on one second. Uh-oh. I need to turn this down. So. I knew that I didn't want to have like a conventional job thing going on. But what I also knew is that I was very analytical and computer centric minded, if you will. You know, just kind of like I, I just process things always a bit differently, I, I feel. Like than, a little bit of a star seed, like you were just born with this knowledge. Kind of. You know what I feel like? I remember being from a very young age and just knowing how do I know if everybody else feels the way about themselves inside as I do? Like just being very acutely aware of the possibility of my experience being different from yours, whether better or worse. So I was always kind of like surprised when I hit milestones in my, you know, athletics or just stuff I was doing when I was younger that made me realize, oh, wait, most people don't actually can't do this. So it wasn't so much that I felt like I was, ha- I had a knowledge. I mean, maybe it, it, it was like that, but I just, it, the way it, I guess, played out in my mind is that I have, I just try something and it works until I try it until it works and then I figure it out. And if I couldn't, it was almost like, no, I can figure this out. I'm going to do it. I never really, 
um, just fell at a disadvantage. And I think that that partially has to do with my height, but also my, my parenting and my upbringing and um, just how I was raised. So that's so, so your podcast is called six foot seven. You really are, aren't you then? Really? Six foot seven. Yes. <laughs> um, usually well, so, the tallest person, you know, th- well, so this is a funny story. I actually grew up in a family that was in the Guinness book of world records forever ago for height. And so um, I'm kind of in a family of giants and I actually had a family member pass away not too long ago last year. And uh, at the funeral, they, they all had to get the, you know, extra, extra special like add-ons to all of their attire uh-huh. because they are so ginormously tall. And um, now the downside to that is that uh, they weren't always able to play sports and do things like that because of their hearts. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing that, um, that you would be six foot seven and I grew up in a family of giants. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. That's very fascinating. My, my brother's six five, so um and I I'm almost five ten. So <laughs> Oh wow. You're, yeah. you're you're very tall. Yep, yep, yep. You're taller so than can... my mom. <laughs> Were you a volleyballer or a basketballer or a not you, sportser? You know, everybody really wished I didn't choose cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I want to play the bass. No, not her, please. Can I play the fly? No, definitely not her. You can stand yep. over there. Yep. So now, <laughs> yeah, I never flew. Not ever once. Uh, but, yeah, so it was kind of uh, a letdown. But whatever. Now, in hindsight, I, I wish I did play um, volleyball, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, bump said spike. Yep, exactly. Um but so, yeah, maybe it is that you did have kind of that taller perspective on life, like you say, on just uh, like maybe a, a little bit of a confidence or something within you to just kind of try, even if maybe perhaps. Right. And you yeah. know what I also think it was, too? I think everybody's experience is so unique to their own microcosm of their reality that it's not more. Sorry about that. It's not more or less important than everyone else's it's just different and we can't assume that ours is extrapolatable across everybody else's in a way that we should be able to understand you know what i mean we have to kind of like respect the fact that maybe there's just things that other people grew up with in a way or that molded them in a way that's different from you and what i realized that is when i was traveling overseas and I remember talking with a friend, I think it was female, she was female, and I, it hit me that I never really have ever been physically afraid for my, like to get mugged or something as simple as that, right? Right. It's like right. I'm the last person anybody. Hey, nobody's picking uh, and, and you. And <laughs> not because I'm like a menace, I'm just tall and I'm kind of jolly right. and I'm like, okay, not him. Everybody would notice. But I didn't realize that I had that going for me until I was, I don't even know, like, you know, almost in my 20s. And I just remember being like, whoa. So now now I kind of get it because I'm like, why people be so afraid? Like, I watch too much TV. Like, you just walk and people, nobody bothers you. But that's not my, that's my built-in perspective. And I feel like I've, there's plenty of, people who are five seven or four foot seven who haven't gotten mugged you see what i mean so it's not to say that one applies to the other it's just that i was expressing my personal one on my perspective if you will on top of everyone else is like bugging out like why y'all freaking out so much it's it's fine just walk (laughs) who cares if it's dark i'll be walking at like four in the morning (laughs) it's pitch black 
but people find that scary and it's just so foreign to me to think of that as scary because it's quiet outside and it's chill. So all that to say, I think that I just grew up in a way that knew that I, like there was no solution outside of my grasp. And I grew up with a strong faith, you know, with my family raising me in this way. So it was just, you know, I mean, I have experiences where my sister was diagnosed with a giant, like, like not uterine cancer, but some sort of cancer in and around her bladder area that was the size of a golf, like a coffee mug or whatever that like completely healed itself and disappeared within a, a matter of weeks. Wow. Um, from like you, she's probably going to have a catheter for the rest of her life to here. She is 30 years later, almost like doing. Wow. <laughs> so we've had those types of experiences. So, you know, when that happens, when you're like 12, there's nothing that happens later in life. That's like, God is real. And like, there you, everything's just spinning for no reason. It's like, no, there's purpose and power and words and intentions and prayer and things like that. And that just helped me kind of always have a, you know, a bigger than me jacket I could always run to when I felt like I wasn't strong enough to get something solved, I guess. Spiritually. But I I totally agree with you. And I think mindset and the approach that we take to problems is a big part of it. Um, One of the reasons that we connected is because I stumbled on one of your many incredible videos and you you put these out by the way, in such a neat way with the humor and, and all of that, that they're just so relatable Um, so funny. And I think you definitely have a gift and a talent for that. How do you think that, uh, you know, as far as your kind of perspective on life this way, how do you think that kind of drove your direction to stand up for kind of some of the truths and, and stuff like that, as far as, you know, vaccines and, uh, you know, masking and all this kind of stuff? It's because I realized, yeah, that's a great question. So, Without getting too far into the minutia of exactly how I arrived here, spending 10 years working in Hollywood in Los Angeles gave me a perspective that was just unique to the television screen, what comes out of the screen and how all of that works. And I worked in that industry and I had success in that industry. So and I understood like the invisible, you know, wall in that industry after a certain point. But you for me anyway it just kind of became a a a a lesson a giant lesson a 10 year lesson in how image the power of the image can adapt and morph and change and psychologically introduce concepts that end up becoming practice where they were just thought or concept that turned into practice through behavior modification over time that I'm like, people don't know how the things that they're watching can so very easily be manipulated because like I can make a shot like that look completely different in like 15 minutes, you know, in my apartment, you know, it's like the, the technology was such a, had such a massive uh, grasp into the reality of so many people in my life that I just realized, A, most people don't know nothing about technology, and B, most people don't know nothing about how Hollywood works. So when I see these industries merging and converging, it really makes me go, well, okay, so I really wasn't trying to become like a 
a, a grassroots doctor here or nothing, but people need to be aware of what's being injected into them because some people are, and some people very much have made their conscious informed choice to sign up for this, which is their right to do. And I respect that. I guess, but you know, for those people who like really feel like they need it, <laughs> I respect the right that they had the right to choose. Right. Right. But for a lot of people, they're not in, in a position of being informed to consent to anything. Right. And it starts with the bigger lie. And you know, if, if, you know, if any of your listeners have ever counseled their best friends and their girlfriends from high school and college on that man they shouldn't have been dating at at the time and only to have six months later them come and say i told you so i didn't i couldn't see it at the time well yeah you you couldn't but we could see it right these patterns that develop in bad business practices don't develop don't like turn overnight right so you don't have a company such as one of the big four current available candidates on the market having a 40 year track record now being verifiably convicted of in court as to putting cancer causing agents in baby powder wow. affecting infertility at a rate that wow. we can all actually see. Like let's stop for a second and look with our eyeballs. Do we know anybody who's suffering with infertility issues? Uh, almost everyone would raise their hand. That's because right. we have 40 years of that pre-effect being sprinkled on the booties and <laughs> Rudy Two Depression fruities of all the people under the Johnson & Johnson commercial market demographic. And they was just paying all the fines. They were getting fined billions and billions of dollars this whole time for, for you know, breaking regulations, skipping protocols, all this stuff. And they just considered that a line item in their bigger budget. We make five hundred billion and have to pay fifteen billion. Cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. Operating losses. Wow. And then they get proven guilty in court. Then they basically just stop selling it in the country that was they were charged in, but keep selling it elsewhere. And then they add a whole new category to their repertoire of a type of product that they've never made before in the middle of a pandemic, where everybody's being furloughed and left laid off. And they're hiring, you know, they're like working in the inverse direction to come up with a solution in record time, trying to save the lives of the lives they didn't care to save or the progeny that they didn't care to save of the lives that were being born for the last 40 years. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, is if they really cared about lives, they would have come out with some free vitamin D drops for everybody in the entire nation. Absolutely. and, and what's mind blowing is how far people are disconnected from reality, like how trusting they are of people who are totally driven from a financial standpoint with no yeah. real attachment to the outcome of your life right. or well-being. Right. And you know why that is, though? It's no. not because people are idiots. <laughs> I just keep because... thinking they're like, this is some upside down clown world. I, I don't... Yeah, it is. Well, it is. That's for sure. <laughs> the reason is because people don't know how it works, how actual anything works. If I say, tell me how if I text you right now, how does the OK, I'll talk to you on Skype at 530. Get to from my phone to your phone. I'll give you $100 if you can tell me. Most people couldn't do that. They literally don't know how the phone in their hand technically works. Right. You know, I pay this company this thing and then it shows up. That's it. But to to understand just how complex 
sending a K. Like somebody says, okay, I see a 530. K, send. Like that one K. <laughs> it was like 100 computers. It went through 100 computers all up and through and through the ocean and back like twice. And so maybe this is what sets me apart is I'm like a total investigator. Like I have to, I was always the kid that was like, but why? But why? You yeah. know, but I actually you were that kid. I was so that kid but in like why? the worst way. <laughs> but why? But wipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what's weird is I even just uh, watched a program, and I don't watch TV. I read a lot of books, but I recently mm-hmm. watched a, a program that explained how the cloud worked. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most people realize it is actually a wire in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what? A whole, wire, a whole, like they got everybody out here. Like we on Mars. <laughs> we was live streaming from the moon 50, 70 years ago. But we got a wire to get your slow T-Mobile over to their slow Vodafone. It's like, got it. Okay. <laughs> well, and then it makes you just question how much you, you know, like I recently saw a thing with, uh, what's his bucket that landed on the moon? Um, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, and he's telling that that little kid. Yeah, I saw that video (laughs) just earlier today. Yeah, so she says, you know, why did we land on the moon? And he's like, well, did we? (laughs) We And here's the thing, you know, like I used to clown my dad the hardest time. Like I, I, I speak a lot about gut feeling and intuition and how that's really the the like last resort of your body's logic center is your gut feelings. Oh, and boy. culture has taught us to override them and explain them away and, you know, fact check them and all these types of things. But the reality is the gut feeling was there from day one. And that is how that's been like, don't go near that cave. Don't touch that dead carcass. You know, don't eat that berry. These are the things that all got us all here. Right. So we got to validate the gut feelings. And so when you're talking about. Just this whole everything, just everything that we've been dealing with for the last 12 months. I feel like people in their gut know, I, you know, something's off, right? I, who knows Absolutely. what Absolutely. But something. Right. And then you hit a place where the conversation about what it could or couldn't be is not allowed to be had. <laughs> like oh oh yeah free, no, free it, speech right no 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 that's just done censored blocked right. silenced which so. makes me question it even more so if right. it's if it's that suspicious that they have to block it because right. the truth would be so incredibly powerful i mean doesn't right. that wake anybody up it like should. i feel like that alone <laughs> and think of how all the ways that they don't actively block it but they basically ideologically you know, verbally block it with the, for, as, with the moon landing as an example, because the point I was trying to make with that story is that my dad used to always say, you know, I was born in 1955 when I saw that moon landing when I was 14. It's like, I ain't buy it. It's like, what? I was like, dad, really? what are you talking about? He's like, Psh. yeah, he's like, I looked at it and I was fascinated, but I was like, uh, something just don't, that don't look right. I don't know what that is, but that don't look like, oh. I, I just don't buy it. He didn't even know how to explain it at the time. And and I used to clown. Feeling. I used to get on him, but like my dad is a total nut job, y'all. Guess what, y'all? <laughs> and then 2015 rolled around, and my whole entire universe got <laughs> inverted. How and so? I, Explain why in 2015, because it seems like you're a little ahead of the curve here. 
Well, yeah, thank you very much. Because in 2015, I had had a five-year run at that point, going from Greenface LA to being like, you know, having a commercial. Like I didn't direct it, but I was a part of a team that developed a commercial that played in the Super Bowl in 2013. So I had Super Bowl commercials, big career commercials for massive companies, you know, music videos for hit songs and stuff like that. And I was able to see that, man, like this industry is nothing like I actually thought now that I'm actually working in it. And at this level of the industry, almost everybody knows everybody else. And there's like another level over there that none of us can really go <laughs> into. So it's like, it just became apparent oh. that there was like something, there was a, a game within a game. That's what I was Wow. Saying. Like and that movie with, uh, whatchamacallit. Remember that one? The Inception? whole thing was like, the game. The oh, game, game. is called. Yeah, yeah game. that was a good one. Michael Douglas. Yeah. Um, Inception was like it a little bit too, because it's like a maze within a maze where they're targeting specific sure. people. That's a whole other, you know, whole other podcast episode. <laughs> but <laughs> we, I got to this place in 2015 where I just stopped. I like, I had a series of unfortunate events in late 2014, you know, pretty much all of 2014 that really just stopped me. And that's what I always used to tell my friends and family when I was learning. I'm like, listen, I'm not smarter than y'all. I just have all this free time. Like I don't <laughs> care about hustling right now. So I have an irregular job and I have enough money where I literally can just read articles for five months and then go do a video and then come back and read articles for four months. So it's like, right. I had a fortunate series of years where I was like, coasting on all the hard work that I had done the years prior that I didn't sleep much during, you know, that was just grinding my absolute butt cheeks off to, to get where I got. And then I, it, it, I got tripped up and I'm very thankful for the trip up. Cause it wasn't so much an ego blow at the time. It was more just like, Oh, I need a break. Tag me out coach. Like I needed some of the bench. I'm tired. Right. And that just gave me, my father actually has sent me this documentary series at the top of the year that just really piqued my interest about the greater context uh, from a spiritual kind of like a faith-based approach, just how we had grown up, just something he had seen. And I'm like, I need to investigate this because I know that guy and I work with this other guy. And this is crazy because that makes sense based on what I was seeing at the time. You know, I had all wow. these prior experiences in my hard drive. Oh yeah, my God. Oh, dots connecting now. That dots okay. connect in a way that just was unique. So I didn't like exploit that in any sort of like malicious way, but I just used it to help confirm the things that most people read and be like, well, who knows if this is just some article on the internet. It's like, I can tell you that I was sitting at that dude's house and that's probably accurate what this is. <laughs> you know, I just had this vantage point and that's it. No, no difference. So that led me to eventually rediscovering the narrative of the moon landing. Do you know that it is the official NASA word that we have lost the footage because somebody taped over it because it was accidentally labeled? Like, er, er. So hold on. The most people in discovery. <laughs> All of scientific humankind is mislabeled, like somebody oh, took right. sure. and put the wrong title on the moon landing footage. And then some interns say, oh, yeah, we got a new blank reel that has something labeled on it, but I guess we can record over it. Nobody checked it when they put it in the new system and just recorded over the whole thing so that we can't analyze it. 70 years later with the technology we have now, like you can wow. look at a movie from the nineties and be like, whoo, who did the CGI there? 
Yeah, good luck with doing that in the 70s or 1960s. And then, you know, the, um, you know, and then they say, and we lost the technology to, to, to get there again. Because they're always asked, why haven't you gone back? And then eventually Buzz Aldrin is just like, I'm tired of lying to these little nine. Yeah. Tell you what the deal is. Nine year old, I'm going to sound crazy so I can just explain it away as alcohol, but you heard what I said there in the middle of that rant. <laughs> because they want to say, they, they're allowing it out. The only reason we know about it is because they let us know. They kept it a secret right? since the 60s, except for people who had hunches, gut feelings. I was just like, I mean, I see it, but how are we on the, how, explain to me how I can get a long distance phone call to the moon. In 1969, but I can't sit at the top of Mulholland <laughs> Drive where all the celebrities live in Hollywood today and get a T-Mobile, AT&T, or a Verizon signal. Right. It's like, right. It's perplexing at the core. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me that when I'm FaceTiming somebody in high definition, billions of bytes of data are flying around the world now, <laughs> inter- intermittently with like all kinds of bandwidth issues. But in 1969, we got a clear, crisp phone call. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's the story we're telling. I like this game. <laughs> you know, I'd never thought about the phone call until yeah. just now. The spacesuits is what got me. I read this. <laughs> it's called Wagging the Moon Doggy by Dave McGowan. It's hilarious because he, he's like, me if I was an author, he's like joking the whole time throughout the book about how absurd it is. And he's, but he's referencing these milestones. Like JFK made this announcement in. 60, right? I'm like basically trying to remember it actually. 1960. And then by the end of the decade, we will land a man on the moon, right? All these failed Apollo missions in an atmosphere that we fully understand only to get it right the first time, the only time was we lost the technology on an atmosphere on the moon that we don't understand landing and takeoff. Perfect. First time, first try, right? That, that works out statistically. Right. And of course. <laughs> It does yeah. in the movies. It does in the movies because that's what we all looking at. It's right. That's what I'm We're just that's why watching the movie unfold. Because it works in the movies. But then only to like have all the, like, I remember reading the chapter on the space suits, how long it took them to develop like a workable space suit. Like in terms of whatever they were projecting as the news stories of the day. Just looking at the time, it was like 1968 and they hadn't even figured out, oh, we finally figured out the suit after eight years. But okay, and you got the rocket and the takeoff, launch, and landing. <laughs> Nailed it. It just, it just <laughs> flies above the incredulity lever of today, like a mile over the, the high jump bar. Right, right. They right. have new updated, you know, stories that just go. But I didn't, you know, I didn't think this way growing up. I was like, and right. it was these types of foundational core level, like, what and he even says it in that book he's like the problem is that people don't want to people don't have a hard time believing that the moon landing didn't happen as they presented it they just have a hard time believing that the government will lie about something that big for so long that's what they right. have a hard time with it's not hard yes, to believe I, that they just staged some stanley kubrick right but right right it's it's hard to admit yo this whole time it was lying Right. And then they just hoping y'all just keep, a, no, we wasn't lying. I know we said the cigarettes don't cause cancer. Doctors said it. The Surgeon General said it for 40 years, but now look at what the Surgeon General says. They do. So <laughs> they were spraying that hey, crap all over. If you What's spoke? the things to defumigate the homes and yeah. call and said it was healthy? <laughs> DDT. <laughs> the DDT. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, go into any building, basically, in California. Chemicals in this building are known to the state of California to cause reproductive harm. It's like, well, take the chemicals out. Like, who, right. why are y'all going to put a sign in the parking deck of the place I had to go to shop the parking? Right. Like, just, just take away the chemicals. Like, who's running the show here? Can I speak to you, sir? Like, that's the problem. It's that, it's that they'll, they'd rather tax the cigarette smoker than tax the tobacco company for selling a product that causes harm it's like because right. this causes harm and y'all chose to take it it's like, yeah but y'all put for 40 years y'all made my parents and grandparents like i'm forgive me if i you know <laughs> i saw my cousins and uncles dipping bar dipping um you know skull or something like yeah. that when I was younger, yep. depending where you're from it's like they they morph they morph a culture in a certain way and then yep. play that culture off the next generation. The the Ooh. case that I'm always on now is cell cell phones and cars. So I'm 36, right? I was born in '84, and I was like 16, 17 before I got my first phone, really. And this was like right after the era in the late '90s where it was really cool to have a car phone. Right, the Motorola. The yeah, the Motorola oh, with the yeah. little buttons on the back. Yeah, yeah, the little. My dad had one of those. He fly was like, antenna. He was the OG on that. <laughs> yeah, you knew if you saw the car with the little wingtip antenna, like the limo. They, they had they TV were in rolling. that car. If they had that tall antenna, boy, their parents had some money. We going over there. <laughs> they got the so pull with the slide. Yeah, we going over there. We got all the games. <laughs> so. <laughs> We all know, right? But they sold that to our parents as cool, only to then tell us you're not allowed to be on it because it kills. Like, well, hold on, I, you know, you you gonna tell me you don't you ain't on your phone sometimes, opposite? Like, come on, like <laughs> finding. Okay, so I shouldn't have been on my phone, but what if I literally don't have a hundred and eighty five dollars? Like, how is that supposed to teach me to do anything but hate and resent you for <laughs> just not giving me a pass this time? It's like, I didn't crash, did I? No, right. So it's just a whole. Like the psychology of it all is what I see is the big issue because it's just become such a mind control experiment that that's honestly why I spoke up because I just was like, I don't think people know this. I really don't think that they have the perspective to see it. And I think that that's been on purpose and I didn't have it for like most right. of my life, you know? Right. Right. Well, and the manipulation too. So like, the, I know you talk a lot about this, like the problem, we create the problem, mm -hmm. we allow the reaction to occur, mm -hmm. and then we present the solution. And so they make it seem so it, it's like being in a marriage with like, you know, it's like an abusive dance almost or something. It is. It's, that's exactly what it is. It is yes. a, a, it is a psych, psych, it's being in a relationship with a psychopath where the, right. <laughs> The government and the media are your psychopathic, narcissistic lovers that tell all the stories they tell are about themselves, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they make you want to be like them, and then mm -hmm. they make you pay for your own demise in mockery that you'll never be like them. <laughs> right. It's it's just sad. I mean, it's truly you can astonishing. Feel like the, when you know the people who work in that industry, and you meet some of them. You're in their offices and you you can feel the energy. You're like, okay, this gentleman genuinely thinks that I'm not here in his like I'm not the tallest thing he's seen walking. I'm six whole foot seven, right? I know you and your five <laughs> foot four behind see me standing right here and I'm gonna look at right. me. You clearly think you better than me. Uh, so right. I'm not 
offended because I'm not going to trip because I recognize what the time of day it is and not whose office this is. But at the same time, got it, brother. I get it. Okay. Right. So you, I have, you know, just enough cool experiences or scary experiences. Right. To, um, just know that none of us are any better than anybody. Nobody's better than anybody. People are just in a state of empowerment or subjection, either one. And they're either in control of their situation or something's in control of their situation. That's not them. Empowerment and, or subjection. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So, so what, what has me perplexed is how there are people who, who have seen the turn of the tide, who, who mm-hmm. like, you know, on status, like veil comes off and they're like, Oh, but, but I, I don't understand how some people do and some people don't, I you know what I mean? Answer. Like, that's what is the question. difference there? All right. Well, I that's what that- I'm curious about. To me, and this this is where we kind of like step off on the lily pad of Chris's hunches that you'll have to just take and put in, put in your back pocket and decide later if I'm right or wrong. Because a lot of the things I say I can back up. Some of the things I say are inferences, and I'm like amalgamating tremendous amounts of time and data and experiences to come to these conclusions. But you know. well, and I always say, hey, I reserve the right to change my mind when presented with new information. New information, absolutely, <laughs> and that's that's maturity. I think that's really that's really awesome. So I think that the reason that it that, that your statement, what you just said, is is so, is because of spiritual eyes to see, or the lack of spiritual eyes to see, which come directly from a blender, a, a salad, a um. Uh, addition problem of a series of blessings and curses, if you will, consequences and benefits, perks and predispositions of your direct parents and their actions of your direct grandparents and their actions and vice versa. So even within that, certain people's brothers get it and the sisters don't or vice versa. So there's always (laughs) a gene expression nuance that, that, that like, you know, incorporate your own choices in free will. But I just think that we're dealing with a whole salad bowl of different reasons for just about everything. So the large majority of the reason, I think the lettuce in the answer to the question that you asked as to why some people get it and why other people just don't is because of a spiritual, like just, I won't say lottery ticket, but almost like that. You just got it. You were born with it. I don't know why. I can't, I can't get into, I don't know. I, I try not to muse too hard on the things that I literally can't know and just focus on what I can and just understand that I'm not necessarily supposed to know everything. But I believe that your people are just born with this ability to know it. Some people refer to that as star seed or indigo or any of these titles. Sometimes those titles have ulterior meanings to them, but by and large, like some people are just born with this brilliancy to them and you know, that shines in, a, in an expression that seems to outshine others. Not that it makes them better or worse or more important, but they have ability to express their perspective in such a way that I guess bears witness to that shine. And those people for such a time as this are here on earth today and are in a position to just be the same things that most likely their parents were being in the sixties and seventies. The people like, we don't want this war. Why? Cause we're finding 50 years later that it was under false pretenses. We went and half the wars. 
Right. And our parents saw that and half of them was glued to the television and the other half of them was out there with the hippies. <laughs> and right. Like, you know, <laughs> trying to get ticket to Woodstock and things like right, that. Right, right. <clears throat> but right. the their parents made decisions that led them where they are. And I don't mean to like shift the blame on our parents. I just mean to think, say that extrapolate that across your own children, right? Do our children's realities bear witness to our personal choices, mistakes, and wisdom, you know, moments? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we can't expect that that wasn't the case for our parents or or, or up the chain. So I, you know, that, usually helps hopefully alleviate some of the guilt burden that some people have, you know, over when they finally do wake up and they're like, how could I have been so stupid? Or like, why is everybody keep right. me stupid? I'm not stupid. It's like, listen, none of us are stupid. They all lied to all of us. Okay. All right. of us, nobody didn't get lied to. So we're all in the same lie bucket. Okay. Let's just stop chopping each other's ankles up and, Go figure out how to get out this bucket together. Well, and the other thing that's sad, and I think what's happened a lot in like the last 20, 30 years is that people stopped, um, they started accepting like what they would re- read on the internet or what they would see on their television and stopped doing more investigative work mm-hmm. in the way of reading and scientific studies and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, when this whole thing came out, that w- I-, I started diving into like, the 2000 years of coronavirus studies, you know, that there were, yeah, there are tons um, because, of yeah. And I, and I needed to know more. I needed to know. Mm-hmm. I, I was hearing the narrative from the television repeatedly over and over and over and over and being a psychotherapist, you know, the fear based undertone was just not jiving with me at all. I was like, this, exactly. This is not you know right. what the deal is. Exactly. And so I started doing the, the research and the studies. And what was really mind blowing to me was I started sharing this stuff, right. Which is, scholarly like mm-hmm. you know from med pubs and stuff and uh people would just uh, their cognitive dissonance was so intense that they were just like unfollowing you know? yeah it's crazy <laughs> like whoa 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 like it's crazy all I did was presented a fact <laughs> yeah how how the how that has turned that this is where i feel like the straight up energy spirit work the dark stuff comes in because they they genuinely have figured out a way to bypass people's better judgment in every context of that word or that concept and like vilify someone for saying like basically trigger someone's fight or flight response over some information like over Mm -hmm. like a link to the fda website or something right (laughs) Right. and it's like listen just just read it Don't, don't 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 like don't swing at me i'm like okay put your wig back on don't swing at me just read this link okay and then yeah then call me then <laughs> people, call me you put together a pdf actually that had a ton of great stuff on the vaccines you, and yeah. whatnot and i've shared that so much i mean that was Good, just so helpful yeah. because it's like yeah okay you want it here just read this. just just look these up you know just and i know right. sometimes the language can be complex but you can sift through it there's an abstract you know <laughs> right exactly you know, and and like you, you know, owe it from it you owe it to the per- like my whole thing is if y'all had known me, I'm 30 whole six years old. I know I'm not that old and I know I'm old to some depending on how old you are. But if I know that they haven't had a track record of helping me this far, then I know that I'm at a point where it's important for me to learn to help myself just in terms of being informed as to what it is I'm dealing with. And if you've known me for 36 whole years, how on earth do you think I just turned stupid this afternoon? 
right? right. Like, I went to see what Lazzy eat when we was hanging out or Lazzy here when we was playing basketball. Like, I'm not, like, don't you realize that I know that this is a tough thing to bring up? Like, did I not right. validate and qualify, overqualify what I was about to say a hundred times over so that I didn't trigger you to hear me out this far, but I need you to consider this because I actually might love you and not just say that I do. Right. And sometimes that requires not discipline, but like focus. I'm not trying to discipline you. I'm trying to say, read this link. <laughs> Stop telling me what you think I know or what you know, and you ain't even looked at what I know. So I can tell you what you know. You can't tell me what I know. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I've had, like, this little mantra for all of 2020 after kind of all this stuff started unfolding was, like, speaking your truth gracefully is going to upset others. That's their journey, not yours. You know, your journey is letting them go gracefully and still knowing your truth. Exactly. Because in their core, what their gut says is what that person just said equals the truth and what you feel about that is the opposite of the vibration that they feel about it and we're making you aware of that and that triggers a fight or flight sense like um feeling in people that turns right. them into like defense mode as if somebody physically swung at them with their fist and, and just in terms of like brain chemistry so i believe that you're dealing with the ability to over excite that part of the brain the trigger <laughs> like the over trigger the yep. trigger part of people's Well, and and not only that, but I do think that a lot of the foods and the kind of some of the toxins we've talked about, I think that stuff has like subdued like part of the Mm -hmm. pineal gland of, you know, being able to kind of tap into these spiritual intuitions or gut instincts like we were talking about the very beginning, too. You are 100 percent correct, because the. Alchemy is is a long like what I've basically what my research has concluded me to come to the synthesis of is that they've exhausted all the ways to alchemically change the human body. And what they realize is that the mind does drive the body. And I believe the spirit drives the mind. But, you you know, your spirit, soul and body, these concepts of these three components that make up who you are. I believe that the you part of you is your spirit. And it's like when, if you've ever been to a funeral and you've seen someone passed away, you're like, that was like Uncle Ray, right? But man, that don't look like him. It's like, he ain't there no more. And you can see it's just like a, a suit. Like, looks like him. That's because he is gone. And right. we were looking at he, him this whole time when you looked in his eyes, because like they always say, the eyes are the window to the soul. But your body is the suit that certain people are trying to basically genetically modify so that they can therefore patent. And they've tried it all of our lives and our parents' lives. That's what all that DDT and lead paint and asbestos and all this stuff was all about. Because I'm not saying it was like 3M's corporate decision to, you know, set out to find ways to kill people. I'm just saying that somewhere up the regulatory chain, the person who was supposed to have a check and balance was getting the check, adding to his balance or her balance and, and just happened to green thumb or what they call rubber stamp, something that they didn't really care to, dare to or bother looking into, which promoted the cancer causing, you know, history that Teflon now represents. Like all this safe and effective stuff from all these three M's and Bayers and like Monsanto's. And y'all still haven't figured out that maybe they're not really ever been about our safety. 
So I know. I'm jumping and what, it may, what makes you kind of wonder, like, did they start out with an evil intention or was it just a byproduct of their driven, you know, their drive for money and then they just went with it? I think <laughs> both. I, because I think that for different people within any institution, it's different things. Some of them are the latter of what you said. They just are like court capitalists, you know, low morals, high capitalists drive type A, and then they get things done. The other type are dark individuals or born into dark families or infiltrated as good companies by people with dark ulterior motives. But I always keep in mind, like when you say just started, keep that in mind that Unless you're talking about the beginning of humankind, nothing really just started. So I believe no, that these industries point. were extensions of a much longer endeavor to enslave humankind. And this is where you get into the whole cosmic spiritual aspect of it. But that's why I, I can say, even though I can't like show you the emails that prove it, that yes, there are nefarious agendas because whether you're talking greed, you have to like look past the sheer noun of, of greed and get to like why anybody would apply that in their life to such a large genocidal extent. Like, yeah, we can talk money, but like at the end of the day, I had not anywhere near that much that guy had and I couldn't spend it all. So it's not that they really want more money. Plus, when you know people who know people, you know that all the people they say is the rich people in the world is definitely not the richest. No, and no, no. There There's are dollars and commas that, that go. Yeah. <laughs> and the commas and dollars extend, the commas and zeros, I'll say, in some of these accounts extend well past words you've ever heard. So I don't even trip about riches because what i realize is that the people who they're constantly promoting as the richest are simply just the outlet valves for the bigger agenda and they're using this arm of their hydra called bill gates called george Soros. it's just these extensions because when you look into the board of directors and the corporate history behind pretty much the tech industry Pretty much the heads, it's, it sounds very grim to say, and I try to present that in such a lighthearted way, but pretty much all <laughs> of the industries, all of them, in terms of the categories, food and agriculture, um, um, medicine, pharma, pharmaceuticals and medicine, education, uh, entertainment for sure, politics for sure, banking. Obviously. Oh, well, I, I, I've been doing a crazy amount of reading on, uh, on the schooling and it's like, yeah. holy moly, the indoctrination, uh, you know, like literally they were trying to pump out little factory workers. Yeah. With yeah. the public school system. Yeah. And I'm mind blown by that now. And, and then I wonder like, how did I survive it? <laughs> you know? it's, it's because we got version 1.0. It's like, it's like saying, People like the technology gets more convenient, more fast, but also have with more side effects as it parabolically expands into more and more parts of our life. Meaning our parents, yeah, they had radio waves and radar, had all the stuff flying around, but they weren't as bombarded as pervasively as we are now. And so the, you know, we're just at this place where I feel like we have to understand the war that we're in. If we're going to fight, if we're going to win, if we're going to have any fighting chance. It's like, mm -hmm. go Wake be up. a boxer. 
go go step in an MMA ring and you've never heard of MMA. Like if you're gonna have any sort of fighting chance, we gotta learn. Okay, right. how do you block? What is a kick? Who who's good at this? Like right, all these things. Oh, I'm all about finding my tribe right now. Like yeah. I, like if the things that I used to care about in in human character. Like, <laughs> now I'm like, can you catch your own food? Right, exactly, exactly. I, you, you, know, and, you know, it's so funny it's you say that. I said it. I say to all my friends and my family, I say, the book, the era of book smarts is done. The era of the street smarts is where we're in. Yeah. So it's not. I don't care yeah. how many letters and degrees you got behind your name. If you don't know how yeah. to fix some plumbing, cleanse yeah. water, yeah. like you, you know, get, farm food, so. <laughs> Sing a song yep. on a guitar, something. Just yep. be useful in some capacity, <laughs> practically. I don't Better care have how, some barter talent. Oh, you, you know all the formulas in Excel by name? Great. Okay. Cool. You got a working computer? Okay. Put it over there and get the tallying yep. up them potatoes. You know what I'm yep. yep, 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 yep. So, so true, I'm, though. I'm right where you are. Because I think, and that's what I think spiritual discernment really is. True spiritual discernment is this vibratory connection we have to God that helps us get to a place that has a heads up and we don't always know why. And we're like, how did I end up with the ones that had the only brains in my whole neighborhood? Seriously, last May, I started going total anal retentive with my seeds from my garden and mm-hmm. drying them all out and storing them in little jars and labeling them because I just had this feeling. And then wouldn't you know, there was no seeds to be had, not a single, yeah. not even any. It's so funny you say that. We did the same thing about this time last year. Right. Collecting seeds. Yep. Yep. Just, it was a gut feeling. It was a gut feeling. Yeah. People and thought I, I was nuts. Well, listen, they thought Noah was nuts. They thought Einstein was nuts. They thought Steve Jobs was nuts. <laughs> yeah. They thought Flavor Flav was nuts. And he might be, but look at me <laughs> on TV and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted to talk 5G, but we probably mm-hmm. don't have time for that. Maybe. I'm maybe good. not. All right. All right. Cool. So you, you've done quite a bit of investigation about this. Like what, what do you think it's doing to people? I mean, do you think that it's like literally blocking our brainwaves? Do, what, what do you think is happening with this? So no, okay, good Affecting question. the immune system. Like how, how yeah, is it so, triggering? So that? what I'll say is this understanding 5G is, is important, but first to understand 4G, 3G, and this, the general electromagnetic spectrum. So when I say, Energy, you know how the energy can never be created or destroyed. When you look at any of these X-rays, gamma rays, microwaves, light rays, sound waves, these are just energetic representations along one spectrum, just one, that we give names to and we put categories and we piggyback pulsed information, ones or zeros, in a pattern that we can, that we've set up as a programming language when you see a one and a zero in this pattern and this means this to piggyback on these energetic like morse codes in a in a rudimentary way to explain it that are traveling at the speed of light literally along fiber optic cables through the ocean to the other side of the world right so that someone in the uk can hear what i'm saying 
basically in less than a second after I say it. And I did wow. that with my with my family the other day. We were on a FaceTime and I was talking to my wife who's with my who's with my mom and they're out of town, but my brother chimed into my mom's phone. So she turns her phone toward my wife's phone. And I'm talking to my brother and I said, "Okay, I want to count." And I said, "One, two, three, go." And go. And he would repeat go when he heard me say go. And it was less than 1 second for light reflecting off of my face <laughs> to travel into a phone, be digitized, be converted into ones and zeros, sent to a wireless Wi-Fi in my home that connects to a wire in my neighborhood that connects to a fiber optic wire and somewhere other in the city that connects to a, you know, a DNS server somewhere that connects to like a relay station that sends it through a pipe to the entire, you know, <laughs> whole globe, the whole world. And we now can do the same thing in Los Angeles, New York, and in North Carolina in less than a second through the analog divide, meaning through that person's phone, picked up by that person's phone's camera, and then redigitized and gone all the way back. And then I saw that he said it with all within a second. <laughs> wow. I so, mean, if you really think about that, that is quite astounding, yeah, like it super is. fascinating. It's very, it, it is. And this is just, this just gives people a taste of where we are now with this technology that you could do from the iPhone from 2014. So when people say, be careful about this 5G technology, this mRNA technology, or you don't understand, or you're a doctor, what are you on? Like the doctor, unless you graduate in 10 years from now, you won't understand <laughs> This technology, because it's changing and it's changing so quickly that you should have right. caught on. Be antiquated by then. Right. You should have caught on back in the year 2000. We 21 years into you still haven't caught on. The technology is moving faster than education can really validate. Right. right. And so with 5G, what you're dealing with. So first of all, 5G stands for the fifth generation protocol. So it's a nickname given to an allotment of frequency numbers that Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Windstream, all the different service providers can have portions of this bucket. It's like think of it like Legos. Each frequency band, like 800.1 is this Lego, 800.2 is this like 801.8 is this Lego. And they all get certain allotments. And those specific frequency allotments are associated with IP addresses that link to the 4G or now 5G on your phone. The difference is only that 5G represents a much, much, much larger bucket of Legos. 4G was like the starter pack and 3G was like the prototype compared to 5G being like a whole dump truck of Legos <laughs> in terms of the available IP addresses along the full spectrum because of right. how wide the spectrum is. And wow. the issue is that the, 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 clandestine element to that is that while it's fully a consumer protocol, it was developed around or as a subset of weaponized technology um, using a specific set of frequency ranges within the larger 5G bucket. Like just a few Legos within that whole big bucket are specifically designed to kill anybody who touches the Lego or suffocate anybody who's near the Lego. And that's kind of the troublesome aspect of it. So it's not to say that if you have a 5G phone, you're going to die. You can't, it's not none of that. It's not to say 5G causes COVID. People like they, they, they foster conversations on the internet where they promote 
narratives that aren't being espoused by the people raising concerns over 5G, and then they hyperbolize them into such a cartoonish ridiculousness that anytime people hear it going forward, they just relegate it to idiocy when it's like, well, hold on, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that this poisons your environment by like radiating it just va- just barely, but that's based on physics and math and chemistry and, and, and electromagnetic um, engineering like this is these aren't like doctor and epidemiologist specialties and everybody's over here like pretending like what we're doing like you know it's one thing to say i can read a number on a screen about how many people died this week or what the cause or some guy in china ate a bat and here we are but it's another thing to like walk out of your neighborhood and see construction installing new antennas near where you live like right. that is happening. Like I don't like there's a different conversation as to whether or not that's affecting me in the way that this guy on this podcast is suggesting. But it's to say that that is happening. That's observable. We can see it. People know that if you have an iPhone 5G and you live in a 5G city or a Samsung Galaxy Note 10 million or whatever number they're at, you can you can access technology on this particular protocol so it's already live but most of the installations for it financially are like the largest undertaking that most of these um, telecom companies have ever had to do because you have to put the towers so close to one another compared to 4g towers like well hold on why like everybody's more broke and y'all are spending the most money ever on something that none of us asked for because most of our 4g phones work just fine we just want longer battery Right. Low bill. Right. Like, ain't nobody asking for no faster anything. Just like, what, what can I download any faster than the memory in the phone can write the data to? It's like, like, who asked for this, right? But when you understand the bigger picture about the attempt to synthesize a form of control that requires an electromagnetic, basically police force that's all AI driven, you have to understand like, oh, they need us to be in their system to literally be on their system because their system requires their Legos, which are all the tech, you know, is the physical right. type that played in the ground. Like, that's the one thing I'm always trying to get people to say. If you don't know who owns the literal wire that goes through the Atlantic Ocean to get your letter K over to your friend in the UK, then you don't know who really owns what you're talking about. Right. Um, you know, at, gosh, there was so much stuff you were talking uh, when you were talking about kind of like the uh, the social media conversations and stuff. I was thinking of something I read yesterday that said, um, you know, McDonald's came out with the um, quarter pounder mm-hmm. and uh, Jack in the Box or one of those competitors came out or it might have been Arby's or something came out with a cheaper version of a of a a third pound burger or whatever <laughs> and it didn't fly because people thought it was less because it was like one you know one wow yeah yeah isn't that wild that um, is but it just it, goes it, to show you it how does. Like, it does reception like, it's like my favorite one is conspiracy and conspire knowing that they'll teach you that etymology and root words always connect but the dictionary changes, the, even though diction is how you pronounce a word, not what it means. It tells you the definition of what something means, and it coerces a culture to associate 
the word conspiracy with the concept of people not conspiring, <laughs> even right. though the word conspire is in the root word of it. It's like, right. Y'all, yeah. y'all see what they're doing? They're just changing the language on y'all they're right now. They're not even hiding it. They're just putting it right there for you. So right. on that note, one of the things that we were going to talk about uh, as we were chatting before we started record was CAPTCHA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. CAPTCHA. Yeah, tell well, me I'm about curious. the CAPTCHA. I got to Okay, so my theory on the CAPTCHA is this. AI is only as good as the exercise it gets and that's what they're always about doing is strengthening their ai so when you say are you human we need to know they're projecting the idea that cybersecurity and hackers and crazy bots are like random you know people with uh-huh. neon lights in their apartment are sitting at home with some crazy uh-huh. fast internet connection and just hacking into your it's all them they control right. the hacks okay so right. they just say all that and then say are you human Help us as the AI know better if this is a bike wow. or a, a bus because we our AI is at 50-50. Oh, it's a bus. Okay, got it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah put together all the ones with streetlights. The street humans like, are training the AIs. Yeah, yes. Like, <gasps> That's terrifying. Yeah, it's been that way. That's what Google is. I mean, they say, like, the movie Ex Machina is a really great allegory for was going on basically and Westworld. I mean, and that's generally the underlying premises of both of those two movies. Westworld borrows the reveries, the human like qualities of the hosts. I don't know if you've seen that world, that show on HBO. I have not. It's very fascinating when people like Elon Musk are like, Oh, you wanted me to take you to Westworld? Well, if you live in the West, you're already there. He can say that on Twitter uh-huh. and people just say, Oh, Elon, He's just, just being, being silly. Nutty. Just yeah. being nutty, sitting on Mars, being nutty, tweeting from right. Mars. But what he's <laughs> suggesting on Earth can't be possible since that's way less technologically <laughs> difficult right. than getting to where he's sitting right now. Tweet. Unless so, yeah. you're, you know, unless you're time traveler like Elon. And then... Unless you're, exactly. The Musk, <laughs> like when I started learning about his history, Elon Musk, his mother, um, and, and just like the whole folklore about their backstory. <laughs> that's a whole, it's like, <laughs> this brother is not even a regular person. Uh-uh. Either. All right. His nope. mom was like, where y'all been, granddad? Grandfather Musk? Oh, we was out in the woods hunting for aliens. But we thought you were missing. Sorry, <laughs> we were out here. Like, we're not going to ask why. But have your son go invent, I don't know, all the things that move the future forward. Great. He'll be the one. <laughs> what's it? What's his son's name going to be? I don't think I can pronounce it. Okay, well, you know, it's fine. I'm not trying to hate on Elon Musk. I'm just saying. Yep. I wanted a Tesla. Yep. Yeah. The Tesla truck looks dope. I think his design I sense is cool. <laughs> I think his design. I think the people he hires as designers are cool. But said, I just look. Go oh ahead. yeah, like how he doesn't have the the door handle, so it's all superly aerodynamic. Yeah, it's like it's cool. It's like I like it. I'm down with it. But if I'm gonna sit here and pretend like somebody above his pay grade can't just snatch him up and snatch all the autopilot Teslas and make mm-hmm. them turn drop like. I'm not Come on born now. yesterday. I'm born, but I wasn't I'll, born yesterday. But I know what. how this stuff works. You can anybody can click a button and shut your whole car down from when like this, a different planet if down, you want. <laughs> I'm banking on a horse, and that's yeah, what I, that's where I'm going. Yeah, I've heard that it's the trick is trucks. I just had this conversation with someone about the, the shutting down the cars in a second just the other day. That's what I've heard about. Um, people, the people in the know, are always saying. 
you got to find trucks before 1993 or 1983. I forget. I think it's 93 where they started using electronic starters. Or even even if it's not like an electronic button that starts it, you got to find cars that are old that don't have electronic starts. This is why I believe when you look at Black Mirror, another show talking about the future and technology, it's all old cars in that show. Like ain't no regular cars. It's all vintage cars and empty streets except for the one episode with Bryce Dallas Howard. That's the redheaded girl with the social credits where it's all futuristic cars. But for the most part, it's all old cars. So what these shows are showing, predictive programming in this way, same with Westworld, is that they're showing that the humans were the ones suggesting the AI how to teaching the AI how to replace them. And at the second you begin the conversation about the genetic altering of the you know, like everybody should know that is 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 not legal to patent a living original organism, but it is legal to patent a genetically modified organism. Creepy. So if there are certain patents for certain viruses that oh. may or may not exist, then that should answer a very solid, simple logic question as to what we're dealing with here. Either the patent itself was illegal or we're not dealing with something that's not genetically modified. Wow. So with that said, they're trying, they're going for broke. I fully believe trying to do this on the human scale. Now, I don't think they'll be successful because I think they've had their work cut out for them up to this point because all of their previous hunches about how, um, you know, civil wars ish America would be at this point have all failed. They've been constantly trying to get black people and white people to fight still. Right. It's like most of us don't hate y'all and most of y'all don't hate us. Like I get it. Like the TV says one thing, but real life experiences usually say that something very different with isolated anecdotal exceptions, usually sure. based on people who watch too much TV, not because <laughs> of, of some built in, you know, predisposition bias because we see anomalies to that all the time right. across all the d- racial demographics. So it's obvious they're trying to get us to fight and we're not fighting. Right. And, they murder people who like have, you know, awful track records of behavior. Absolutely. Gas one half up against the yeah. other half. The yeah. other half guilty for feeling, for being born in the skin that they were in, which used to be a privilege. And now it turned into a reason to call your black friend just to make sure you're not anti-racist. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> rhetoric right it's, yeah, like, it's like i'm so backwards i don't even know <laughs> yeah i know and, and that's the part that caught me because i'm always acutely aware of how they psychologically pimping out black folk but then when i see it happen to non-black folk i'm like yo they getting out too like they really out here trying to lie to all of us i had a friend call me around the around the whole george floyd time and just subsequently after and this person was like, yo, I just want to call and just make, let reach out and let you know that I'm here for you. Like, I wanted to hear what you need to feel validated as a black person. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing my part as a white person to to support you. And I'm like, girl, if you don't turn the dang TV off, I was like, I don't want to say this person's name. But I said, let's just say her name was Becky. Right. Because she, she definitely wasn't black. Although I, only Becky I know is black. That's very <laughs> But we'll say Becky. Hey, Becky, thanks for calling. And I realize how nervous you sound and how tough this call must have been for you. But and I appreciate it, to be honest, because that lets me know you really do care. But you know why this is superfluous? Mm. 
because you let me know you was cool back in high school. You was one of the first people to talk to me. Like I already right. already were anti racist by feeling. being not right. racist. Right. Trust me. If you was the one being snarky to me at the time, you wouldn't have my number twenty years later. You right. can bet that. Right. So I, I you know, I, I feel like the the gaslighting happened over there too to the point where some people was like reaching out and like tagging me and comment i was like listen i thank you thank you i do appreciate it but i get it you you don't have Still to love you. They got people Still love out you. trying to be anti-racist how does that work well because i'm so not racist i need to go out today and do an unracist thing hello black person are you disenfranchised like hold on I'm fine. I'm just going. I'm, well, I'm tired. Can I go? <laughs> well, let me be anti-racist today. Well, you're actually being more racist than if you just kept right. walking. You know? <laughs> it's like, how how do you solve this? And this whole fact that like legislation is a clown and world. Corporate is such a clown world. It's like we can implement policy to what undo the ideological policies that somehow made actual implementation just 50 years ago keep in mind my parents was the ones dealing with integration at their actual schools right right so like we still trying to make pilots like we good like just let us do us <laughs> y'all can hang out if y'all are cool but everybody knows the black people don't like all black people white people don't like all white people right Mexican people don't like all mexican people right. we don't have to like everybody but we should respect everybody Not to mention, I mean, just kind of going back to like human, you know, existence, like the initial Mm -hmm. caveman days. I mean, the colors of our skin were very important for the regions in which we lived. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There's scientific premise to that. And what I always say is phenotype can change in literally two generations. I didn't know that. I mean, consider wow, like, like for cool. example, I have my wife is Swedish, right? So my daughter is mixed race, half Swedish, half American. But if she goes off and marries some Nigerian brother from Ghana, right, when mm-hmm. she is an mm-hmm. adult, and they have kids, and their kids, he's got some strong genes, then. They're going to look like black kids with a white grandmother, like a Swedish blonde, like blue eye, not blonde, but blue eye grandmother. Right, right. If she goes off there is some little white ginger from Yorkshire over in the UK, somewhere uh-huh. over there. Uh-huh. Or some, you know, other, and you know, whoever, right? She might have some fair-skinned children with a black grandfather. Right. So it does. It really does not take that much to flip flop and mix. Now I'm not saying that that's happened largely. I'm just saying we know we're such a mixture at this point. Yeah. Yep. Though there are probably pedigrees of some, you know, type more likely like searchable through the blood types than the skin types. Right. But, like you do that, you're like nine things. You're like I'm a sixteenth this, I'm an eighth that. Right. Exactly. Um, you know. So all of that's contributing to your skin, your eyes, your everything. Right. And that's right. when we all have like the bit torrent data in our DNA to pretty much look any kind of way, potentially, you know, going forward in the future. So I just find that there that focusing over focusing on the issue is what they want us to do. 
be aware of the fact that you're black and you are disenfranchised. Also, be aware of the fact that you're white and you've been given a privilege that you don't deserve. Like, what? Why? Like, can't he just be Timmy and I just be Chris and we, like, play video games? Like, like, who's focusing so hard on our skin types other than the television? None of us, for the most None part. None of us until, in real life. Right. Real and, life. and again, validating some some of my friends and family's experiences who have definitely dealt with racism. I've dealt with racism. I would never forget. Like, it was a strange feeling because I didn't deal with it much growing up. And then I was in college and I was dating someone and their father was like, listen, we have a uh, uh, uncle here who's not necessarily cool with the situation but i have spoken with him and if he says anything to you or so much as blinks in the wrong direction you let me know and i was like cool but that was such a juxtaposed experience right because i'm dating this person her father is going to bat for me before i even meet the dude who doesn't apparently approve of me and then i meet him and he's like hey and i was like hey and that was it you know it wasn't a big deal but there were, you get, you mean, I get a, you, you can feel people's energy, but I just, you know, my parents never raised us to focus on that more than the value in a person, no matter what their skin color. My dad, one of his best friends was white. My mother was, you know, she grew up in the South, right? She, she was like the, in the era of school that had to like integrate with the white kids school. So wow. they all like came through an experience and, ended up in a place that had them raise their child to just see a person for a person. And I'm not invalidating any individual's experience that might lead them to have feel a type of way about people with a certain type of skin color, because that's just everybody's unique experience. It's what we do with that, how we apply that, whether we recognize that both of us was being programmed and get and let and gaslit and socially engineered to feel and think the way about the other so that 50, however many years later, 150 years, they can pit that against one another in a problem reaction solution scenario. So we're going to give into it just because we feel this type of way, or are we going to not lend our energy there, but work to protect our families and work to help each other and reach out to one another and extend an olive branch so that people can, you know, understand each other. And because this is how revolutions are done. You don't read like Harriet Tubman, you know, helped a bunch of people in her revolutionary way by signing, signing a petition with the Department of Health and Human Services and requesting a permit. To, you know, it's like she didn't go through the top down <laughs> right. system to get there. <laughs> right. So it's like all the people we laud, even the Martin Luther Kings and the like, even the Isaac Newtons and the, and the um, Thomas Jeffersons and the Benjamin Franklins, right, of science, they weren't like just doing the party consensus science. They were like out there flying kites and thunderstorms <laughs> doing it experimental fringe thinking thinking outside the box and that has just been completely inverted today because i believe it's been weaponized oh well it's truly crazy like i'm working on getting my pilot's license right now in a 1947 mm -hmm. aircraft that's very rudimentary and um you Rich, know, we got to talk about that. that keep that in mind because i want to talk about that aircraft specifically but go ahead yeah so oh yeah that's right we did kind of touch on that earlier before um but so what's crazy is that, you know, I was thinking about how much modern stuff that we have in the way of for flight and different things to help calculate, you know, just wind speed and just all these different things. But our grandfathers, great grandfathers, they totally cowabunga'd it. 
They, they were did. just bonsai, you know? <laughs> they were like, hold on that window. Unlatch that window. Right. Lick your thumb right. and stick your hand out. If your yes. thumb is colder than your thumb, like, then we, oh, we got a tailwind. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did. And it's crazy. I mean, and I'm learning in a relatively simple aircraft. And even that feels, you know, more, I don't know, advanced than what they have, yeah. you know? Way more, man. It's like our grandpas was the OGs. They yeah, were totally. Like, we don't even care. We ain't got no health insurance. No. Nope. We ain't got no living will. We ain't no got nothing life to do insurance. With we don't fly. No. <laughs> we ain't got no life insurance. We don't even know what that is. Right. I got my prayers and I got my. Yeah. That was <laughs> my it. Jim Beam. Yeah. But that was we, it. you know, that's such a good point because I remember the first time. I've always been fascinated with aviation and flight. And the first time that I got to fly in a, not a private plane, but like a personal, like a two-seater twin, like mm-hmm. a Cessna, basically. Mm-hmm. It was for my, I think, 16th birthday. I was so excited. A friend of my mother is a pilot, similar to yourself. She's like, I could take you up. So we go up. And I remember her going to the hangar, taking off the little tarp or whatever and then open up the engine to prime it to begin and i looked at the engine and i said we we're gonna what? fly up in that like i got lawnmowers bigger than that engine like are you are you sure i'm pretty sure my 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 tech, weed whacker my, yeah my weed whacker has got more horse hp than this i say 1.0 oh, i got a 1.2 like sitting in the garage can you want me to go get it i just remember being like this is all it takes to literally fly is something this small. That was so fascinating to me because I just assumed it was like a spaceship. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I thought. And then we went up and it was cool. Cause she let me, you know, move the controls ever so slightly for like five seconds while she had her <laughs> hand on the controls too. But I just remember it being very like thinking you can go anywhere. Like it's the feeling you have when you have a bike, as a kid, like, yeah, limited to the yard, and the I'm not coming back until it's dark. Exactly, <laughs> and I'm not coming back until it's dark. And it's summertime too. Uh huh. So it's gonna be dark late. Game over. Yeah. Right. So I, I saw a meme that said, uh, "Remember how our parents used to kick us outside until it was dark, and then some of us just ended up on unsolved mysteries as nature intended." Exactly. <laughs> it's like, totally true. You know, go outside so mom and dad can have some peace and quiet. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's how we populated the world. Well, listen, this has just been so awesome. I'm wondering um, how can I'd love you. I'd love to have you back at some point, too, because we didn't even get to talk about 3D, 5D and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. So we'll have to we'll have to set up another time. But um, how can people get a hold of you? And of course, I always put it in the show notes. Um, I'm most active on my social media on Instagram at six, seven podcasts, but I also have at six, seven podcasts at gmail.com. I have a Facebook 67 podcast. It's on YouTube. What I'm finding is that they won't let me say everything I want to say. Yeah. Really you're quite that. shadow banned. <laughs> I am. But what I find on YouTube in particular is you have to type. S-I-X-S-E-V-E-N space podcast because they won't let you use numbers until you have a certain amount of followers. It's a whole like whatever YouTube. But I find that what I'm about to start doing is basically speaking on the things that I can say on these channels and 
adding trailers, loops, and like little snippets and links to view the full versions of all the things that I can't say, but host it on other things. Because I find that there's no point in kamikaze in your whole channel just to like say what you want to say. It's like, all right, the whole point of this isn't just to say I got banned. It's to hopefully reach people. Right. If you, right. If you can reach people and not get banned, that's better. Right. So but, if you can be tricky about it. Right. I just then... I, like fortunately, I know how AI based and algorithm based and just how like computer science it is. So what I'm trying to do is more or less game that in my advantage so that I can say not what I want to say, but what needs to be said. What needs to, make, to be heard. Yeah. Right. What needs to be heard to make the digital book burning not burn right? so quickly. It's like someone told me the other day they're a human encyclopedia. I said, well, you're going to be worth a lot of money soon. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be like North Korea. Come to the library and the, and the person who knows all the information will tell you what. Play that book of Eli. Lay down and just start talking. Yeah, exactly. Start talking. Stenographer <laughs> Betty, come over here. Type this <laughs> That's sad, but it's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, listen, Chris, this was awesome. I'm looking forward to having you back on again. Yeah. And thanks for taking the time to, uh, to chat life and all sorts of crazy clown world stuff. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, likewise. I appreciate <laughs> well, you having me on. We'll talk soon. All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good Bye. one. Bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. Da, 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 da. <laughs> For more inspiration, check out our links. Whoa, is that? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.